0: everybody this is mentor minutes a podcast from the youtube channel meeple mentor where we do tutorials for board games and also podcasting i'm jared i'm jay and today uh, for episode five we thought it'd be a good idea to start doing a top 10 games list for like the decades right so this Mm -hmm. one we're starting with all board games older than 40 years so anything before 1980
1: yeah so this is our top 10 over 40. Right. And then that's how we're going to say it. (laughs) And uh, and then our thought was that we would continue through the decades and then do top 10 over 30, top 10 over 20, et cetera. So look for those upcoming. I don't know
0: if they're going to be the next episode per se, but that's sort of the, the plan for future episodes. Yeah. Before we start, uh, I think we should probably talk about how we came up with these because when you're talking about board games older than 1980, I mean there's thousands and thousands of yep. years of gaming. So, yeah. uh, Jay, what uh, what sort of guided your decision making on on your top ten?
1: Yeah, so um, you know the what I what I started out doing is I went to um, board game Geek, Geek, And then I just searched for games that were, you know, from zero to 1980. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and then I looked on the rankings to kind of see where, you know, where the ones would float to the top. And um, surprisingly, I, I could only find about 11 or 12 that I, I would as- essentially put on my list mm. um, from there. I looked at my own shelf, and a lot of the games that I thought were that old were actually maybe in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit harder to, to come by than I thought. A few of my games are not... Well, not necessarily, you know, board games, but we'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later. But, uh, right. but yeah, but some of these were... Um, tabletop games. Yeah, they're tabletop games. Um, they're definitely games, some of which I played when I was a kid. And then there was a few that I didn't realize were as old as they were. Uh, I figured they'd be on a you know more modern list, but they were actually older than 1980, so those were nice. some, pri- some surprises, yeah. too. Well, I also looked through uh,
0: both my collection of games, and, and I've got my Excel sheet, so I just sorted by uh, mm. the year, but I also did the BGG search. Uh, I didn't put a starting year, so I did end up with games that were you know BCE, so oh, sure. uh, it doesn't have to be... Zero to nineteen eighty. Some of mine, you'll you'll see, are even older than that. Yeah. Um. But uh, now, I, I, as I did some of the others, I started to look ahead, and and I realized most of the games that I that I own and that I really play a lot are in the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, games that just yeah. I mean. 10 years doesn't seem like a long time until mm-hmm. you start looking at you know games that are 40 years old or 30 years old 20 years older and i'm like okay so top you know the last 10 years is not actually that long ago
1: yeah, yeah i think the same for me I, I would say most of my games are probably in that same 10 year mark mm-hmm. i definitely have some that are let's say within like 20 years in my collection mm-hmm. um but the vast majority are, are really newer games which is uh yeah. i guess says a lot but the, but some of the ones that aren't are um you know, there's standouts for a reason, too. Sure. So.
0: And I got to preface again. These are just both of our opinions. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to critique and, and hate on some of our picks, go ahead. But, again, it's just an opinion. Uh You're free to have yours. That's that's the whole point. That's right. That's and, what the comments uh, are for. Yeah, yeah. just go for it in the comments. <laughs> um, but for mine, I tried to pick ones both that I enjoy and also ones that I feel like last you know like lasted through time you know like are still recognized as as really good
1: Um, yeah yeah i I think i i would agree um uh, my list is very much similar uh you might disagree on a couple but we'll see i feel (laughs) like we might have a couple
0: crossovers but we'll just have to see so let's start with number 10. number 10. So I guess I'll head out first here. We, we did some dice roll to see who was going to talk. Don't look at my list. No,
1: no, no, I'm trying not to see. <laughs>
0: All right. So number 10 uh, came out in the year 1000 BCE, uh, a game called Mancala. Mm. So if you've played games that either use the Mancala mechanism or you've Played Moncala itself. It's a great little game mm-hmm. uh, that started as just players uh, moving seeds around uh, <laughs> dirt holes in the sand. Uh, and now you buy wooden boards with little divots, and you've got uh, like marbles or. Um, like gems, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. uh, <clears throat> to move your piece, you know, and, and and pick up a a group of those and drop them in buckets. And you're trying to collect all of these in the edge. Um, not only is it a great game by itself, but I felt like the lasting influence of the mechanism of Moncala. Uh, has lasted to modern games today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a number of games that still use that type of gameplay, and it's still great. There's n- nothing that's wrong with it, and it's... Stood the, te- stood it's, the test, yeah. It, and stood it's the test. Yeah, it stood the test of time, so yeah. that's not my number 10.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like that, too. I, I like Mancala as a mechanism, mm-hmm. um, but not so much a game. My kids like the game, but I love it in, like, Five Tribes. Right. Um, there's, like, a two-player lo- game called Longhorn that I like it in. But, uh, uh, Crusaders
0: uh, cool. Thy Will Be Done
1: also <SSSSue> <That's right>. has <Sred> a Mon uh, uh, mechanism. <SS> yeah, I, I really like the mechanism. Mm-hmm. Cool choice. How about you? For my number 10? Your number 10. Let's hear <laughs> it. Um... We got to know. <clears throat> okay, my number 10 is a game that came out in 1946 and is actually still going strong, and that's Stratego. Oh, nice. Good um, pick. And, uh, you know, I, I actually played this pretty recently, I'd say within the past uh, six months, um, That's recent. Yeah, and it was um, it was a slight variation to the original game where it was set in a kind of more modern um, time, but it was still true to the you know initial elements of the game. And the way it's played is um, you're, uh it's a two player game where you have a, an army essentially, and the other uh, team has an army. Mm-hmm. But um, all the pieces, the pictures of the different um, levels of the characters that you have, are facing you. Um, and you're trying to essentially, um, it's almost like a capture the flag type mechanism where um, your different uh, units can move certain ways. Um, and then if you ever encounter another enemy's units, so you have to look, compare the number values and whoever's number values higher. Um, will will basically beat the other player. Um, the whole goal is to sort of capture the other person's like castle or flag or you know take out the king or uh, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the variation is. Some kind of war. Some kind of war, but it's it's neat because there's a there's an element of deduction in the game because you can st- start to see based on the way they're positioning things on the board, based on the way they're moving, you can kind of start to, to get a, a, a sense of what that piece may be. Mm. And then you know whether or not one of the pieces on your side could potentially challenge and beat them. So still a good game, uh, Stratego.
0: So that also kind of adds in a little bit of bluffing as well. It
1: does, especially based on if you're if you're protecting a certain part of the board mm-hmm. uh, because they think that that's your your castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you may be co- completely on the other side of the board. So yeah, it's it's still a fun game and um, easy to teach, easy easy game to learn. Very cool. Well, let's move on to number nine.
0: Number
1: nine. Okay, number nine is actually one of my, um, still one of my favorite games, and uh, and a game that I often break out when it comes to, um, like when I have groups of new gamers um, or larger groups, and that's Liars Dice. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, it's also named Perudo. Um, you'll see a variation of Perudo in there that has a few extra rules, um, but Liars Dice came out. Uh, this was in eight around 1800. And um, the concept of the game is everybody has their own set of dice, and you roll them secretly behind a cup. And then collectively around the table, you're making guesses as to how many of a certain dice uh, face there are. Uh, So you might say, start out by saying, um, you know, I think out of four players and the five dice I've rolled, I think collectively there's probably five fives, you know. And then when it passes to the next person, they either have to call you out and say, that's a lie and if it's if that's true everybody shows their dice And then if you're right and there's at least five or more dice, you know, you win and they lose one of their dice or if they're right and, uh, there's less than, you know, that, that many dice, then you lose a dice. Mm -hmm. So you, it just keeps going around like that, but you always have to escalate the the bet. Um, so you have to always go higher or you have to go up a dice face. So like you could say two sixes, as long as you increase the dice, you know, from the five or whatever. Um, and really it's last man standing. So, um, like the dice, right? Yeah. Like the dice. And, um, one of the funnest parts of this game is at the very end of the game when it's just you and another person going head to head because everybody else has been eliminated mm-hmm. and that can just make for some hysterical moments especially if you just get lucky and roll like two two doubles or something <laughs> or a double so um liar's dice is still still a great one and it's been around for you yeah, over 200 years a good pick
0: good pick so for me my number nine is going to be uno the card game mm-hmm. which came out in 1971. So if you've played Uno, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's very competitive. Um, it's also one of those early games that could probably bring your friends together, but then after it's over, they don't ever want to play with you again. Yes. Um, it's those uh, plus four card draws and stuff like that that yeah. you can really Pretty. do. It's a it's kind of a a really good take that game. Um, but uh, but you know for very familiar because it's based on you know like suits and following yeah. numbers and everything. Um, and I actually got to play this. Quite a bit when I lived overseas, so it's mm. it's a great game to play when uh, there's language barriers because mm. once they understand the rules, uh, it's very easy to teach. But um, you can play without really having having to talk or communicate very much uh, linguistically. So it's a great way to you know cross culture and, and mm. language barriers. Um, but it's a great game um, from the '70s that still exists today, and there's so many variations. Uh, that's why I had to put it on my list.
1: Yeah, this this is one where uh, as a as a family or kids game, I definitely rate it higher. Mm -hmm. For a personal game, I'd rate it maybe you know four or something personally. But there's no denying the fact that it's just it's so easy to play, and like my kids love this game, Mm -hmm. you know. And even if I try to get them to play something else, um, they just keep going back to it. So I you know I think this was going to be around for a while. So yeah, good pick. Good pick. I thought about this one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Number eight. So for me, I picked a game from China, from 762, or maybe even older, uh, called Xiangqi. Uh, that's the, the Chinese word for it, or, you know, how you pronounce it, xiang qi. Uh, I learned it when I was living in China, and it's a, a variant of chess. Uh, I can't recall if it's something that borrowed ideas from chess or actually influenced chess, but they are sort of related. Uh, there's a, uh, an emperor piece that can't leave the center uh, back part of the board that, that's nearest to you. Um, And then he's got these two temple guards that also can't leave, but they have Mm. a little bit more movement. Um, And there's a river in the center of the board. Uh, So there's these uh, two pieces on either side of the the temple um, that can only stay on your side of the board. Um, Plus you've got uh, what the equivalent of pawns, like your front soldiers, I think they are. Mm. Plus um, uh, the cannonball or the (laughs) cannon. Uh, that one's probably the most interesting piece in the game because the way it moves is it has it can go as far as it wants in any uh, direction like straight down left right but it has to jump a piece uh-huh. um, and uh, and it's very interesting because there's some early plays that you can, um, you can set up so that your, your double cannons can, can quickly capture uh, the emperor and, and uh, otherwise put him into checkmate. Um, because again, the emperor can't really leave this box that's like 3 by 3 uh, points. Um, the other ba- big difference here from regular chess is it's played on the intersections of the lines uh, instead hmm. of in the squares as you would with chess pieces. Um, so it's always the points. There's also the knight, which I think is just the horse in this game, um, but in Chinese it's ma. So, um, but they call it the horse, and it has a similar pattern of the uh, diagonal and up. Um, via points instead of the, the squares. It's a really, really good game. Um, very strategic. Of course, it's an abstract. Um, and it's so... Even to this day, as, as old as it is, it's still pervasively played in China, Everywhere. I mean, walking around, you'll see the people playing it and in the parks. They've got it all set up. They've got like stone tables and everything and uh, the wooden discs uh, for people to play. You, you see it on, on the street corner, on the sidewalks. I mean, people play this everywhere in China. Um, unfortunately, it's not as big around the world. <coughs> Um, but if you count how many millions of people play it in China, it's huge. And Mm. it was really fun and a great variant of chess that I, I, enjoyed playing. Uh, so with its lasting impact, uh, how old it is, but also, uh, just how tight of a, of a strategy game it is. I put that on my list see that that sounds way more fun than chess <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> to
1: me totally and uh and i almost put chess chess on my list but i i'm just not a huge chess fan mm-hmm. um i just it feels like it takes a little too long for me and um you know you can i, I don't really want to master the strategy but sure. something like that where you can jump pieces yeah that's, that's kind of cool. that's great it's I, cool. I
0: had i bought a, a Xiangchi, uh board uh while i was there Uh, which was made out of, like, leather, and it rolled up. But then I I lost it in Uh, in a move. I can't
1: find it anymore. So uh, we'd have
0: to, you know, print and play that one. (laughs)
1: Right, right. Uh, So my number eight um, is actually another dice game. Um, And this one, um, a lot of people still play. There's even an app for it. It's called Can't Stop. Mm. Um, And uh, the concept of the game is... Um, You're rolling uh, dice and you're trying to add the dice together to get certain numbers to go up on these tracks Um, and the different tracks are, it's almost like a diamond uh, shape on the um, on the board uh, and the outer tracks that make the small points of the diamond are like twos so in order to get twos you have to roll two ones mm-hmm. on the dice to get a two and then move up the track um, but then in the middle you've got you know the larger things uh, tracks like for like twelves and elevens and tens and things like that so the goal of the game is to move up on those tracks until you get to the top and if you get to the top of three then you beat your opponent. Um, the trick of the game, though, is you keep rolling to press your luck, which mm-hmm. is why it's called Can't Stop, mm-hmm. um, until you decide to back off because none of the dice combinations you roll are, are, are physically playable on the board. Mm. Um, so there's a really great sort of like pressure luck element to the game. Um, you can move up tracks really quickly if you have some really cool, you know, lucky dice rolls. But then just the same, if you bust, you start way back from where you were at the beginning of your turn. Mm. So a lot of fun, and um, there's, there's some great, even I think free apps for this game. Cool. Um, so that was uh, Can't Stop, and that came out in 1980.
0: Nice. Now, I thought we weren't going to cover games that were, that came out in 1980.
1: And that came out in 1979.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was developed in 1979, so we'll just say that.
1: Yeah, we'll just say that. A <laughs> Little bit of a cheat. Yeah, a little
0: bit. We're going to fudge that one. Um, well, cool. Let's move on to our number seven picks. Number seven. So my number seven is a game called Acquire from 1964. Uh, This game, you may have a copy in your collection, um, Mm. but you may not realize that it was that old. Uh, I actually have a copy from the 60s that's Mm. the old, uh, it looks like a book that you put in a bookshelf. Um, Mm. Very old artwork on it, and it's very primitive in design, but it still works beautifully. It's a a stock uh, investing game uh, where you can start hotel companies based on the uh, the tiles that you place on a grid. Uh, so there's letters uh, across the columns and, and numbers down the rows. And so you draw these tiles and you can choose one of uh, the ones that you have to either start a new hotel line mm. or uh, or even join them up to make a bigger hotel. Mm. And you can buy and sell stock based on the hotels as they grow, they become more valuable. Um, it's a really great, solid game with a simple premise, but um, it really takes some... Um, Some interesting rules that just make it easier to play, um, but there's a lot of depth. And uh, it's again, it's so popular that it's still played today. Um, So I've got to say Acquire is one of my top ten for games that came out before
1: 1980. Yeah, so I wanted to put this on my list, uh, but I've never played it. Well, there you go. And uh, it's also been one that I've wanted to buy from time to time because I've heard such good things about it. But it's uh, it's kind of like a good version of Monopoly, right? Yeah, I
0: think <laughs> I have a copy around here somewhere. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a game called Stockpile that I've heard is kind of similar. But yeah, right. it acquires one that I still haven't played, but uh, Classic. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get a chance to. Yeah. yeah. Good pick. Good Thanks. pick. Uh, let's see. My number seven um, is a game that came out in 1876, and that is Crokinole. Nice. Um, now, crokinole is a game that's played with a, a large round wooden board, and it's a dexterity game uh, where you're flicking discs trying to get points. Um, so, almost think of it like uh, playing darts, but on a table in a way, and you're flicking discs mm. instead of throwing darts. I haven't thought about that. Uh, yeah. That way so, before. Um, and, and part of that's due to the scoring. So, there's if you're playing a two-player game, there's these quadrants. So, there's like rings around the board. Uh, that start from the center where there's a hole, and if you get your disc in that hole, it's 20 points. And then you have the outer circle, it's like 15, and then the circle after that's 10, and then the far far circle is five points. Um, And so what you're doing is you're trying to shoot your disc into the hole, but if your disc lands in that center circle and doesn't land in the hole, then the other player has to shoot and knock your disc out of the way. So as long as there's a disc of your opponents in the center, you have to continually kind of hit back and forth. And then, similar to um, a game like cornhole, mm-hmm. you know, when everybody's played their disc, whatever's left on the board is kind of what you're scoring. Um, and then you subtract the uh, lowest points from the highest points, and then that's how many points the the winner of that round gets. Um, so I don't own this game, uh, but I've played it, and um, I liked it so much that I actually got in on the Mayday Kickstarter. Right, right. Uh, I so, saw that. so my board is supposed to be coming like any time. That's awesome. Uh, so we'll definitely have to play it. Can't um, wait you know you can get you can get um various levels of boards and i mean you can get boards that cost like hundreds of dollars but um they also make some pretty cheap alternatives so crokinole is my number seven sure sounds a lot like crossfire to me (laughs) <laughs> oh is that is that is that like a permit what is that <laughs> like not a promotion. what is that what's that word not foreshadowing permanent. foreshadowing yeah is that foreshadowing
0: uh we'll see you might have to tune into a later episode when we discuss games that came out in the 90s
1: that's right that did come out that's right <laughs> it's not gonna be not on that this old list. it's not that old <laughs>
0: number six
1: okay my number six is a classic it's a you know, mass market game and it's still selling today and that is 1931 battleship oh. um battleship is a game that you know it was one of the ones that i grew up playing um my brother and i played it quite a lot and um it's just it's a simple game you know i think everybody knows this game so it's i don't even probably need to have to go into too much detail here. um but um you know you're trying to take out uh your other your opponent's ships by guessing on a grid um, and the map is, you know, it has uh, letters on one side and it has numbers on the other. And you say A one, and you know that's where you're you're aiming. Um, but it's a fun game because you know you get to place your ships different ways. The other person doesn't know where your ships are. It's a, it's a big guessing game. A lot of it is is definitely luck based. Um, but there's uh, just something about that game that I still enjoy. And um, through the years, I've gotten like the electronic version, and I've tried different different ones. So it's based on the movie, right? <laughs> don't even talk about the movie <laughs> but uh yeah it's a classic game uh still good and um and i'll still Would you play say it. it's a
0: hit or a miss
1: oh boy <laughs> <laughs> you definitely sunk my cruiser in that one uh so that's battleship 1931 <laughs> i couldn't help it <laughs> that was good
0: <laughs> all right so my number six is a game called mahjong and that's from 1850 mm. Uh, This is also a game that I I became uh, very much aware of living in China. This is a game that's very much popular, uh, that's played all over China Mm. at night. It's a gambling game, Mm. uh, and it's usually Chinese ladies, women, I don't know, that's sort of their game, Uh, but Mahjong and its tiles are... Um, essentially a game where you're collecting these tiles and you're making these matches. Uh, there's these uh, stacks of tiles across the sides and it's a strictly four-player game. So if you haven't played it, um, you're going to need at least four people um, and look up the rules. I'm not sure if there's actually like a set that you can just buy in America, but it's very pervasive across, uh, around the world. Um, it's just a uh, cross-cultural type of game that still exists. And it's not the game that some of you might be thinking that's on the computer that came with like Windows 95. Mm. Um, it's, th- that, that game's based on the images of the tiles of Mahjong tiles, but it's a completely different experience. Mm. Uh, another one is Dragon Castle, which uses Mahjong-like tiles, uh, but it's not actually Mahjong. Uh, Mahjong, like I said, it's, it's a four player uh, bidding and, and gambling game that people play. Um, it's, it's very fun, very cool. Um, but its popularity and its influence on games, I felt like, uh, was just kind of too much to, to overlook, so I had to put it on my list.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. I, I've never actually played the real game. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, I played the computer version, Right. and uh, I love Dragon Castle, too, yep. um, which has kind of a mechanic based off of it. But yep. um, but yeah, I'd like to play the, the Play the real deal.
0: I do have a Mahjong set up here mm-hmm. that I did pick up in China and this one I didn't lose.
1: Okay. Uh, so
0: it is possible
1: to so play. So we, we just need two more players is what that's, I'm saying.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. All right. So let's take a look at our number five pick right now.
1: Number five. This was actually the very first Spiel de Jahres winner. Ooh, that sounds and, good. Yep. And this came out in 1979 and it was called Hair and Tortoise. And uh I didn't play that. yeah, it's a race game and um basically what you're doing is you're you're spending carrots, you're you're in a race, you know, with the other opponents, and you're spending carrots to move spaces on the board. Um this was re-implemented recently um in 2016 called uh, Around the World in Eighty Days. Mm. Um so it's it's still a game you can buy just in a different you know, with a different theme. Um and the interesting thing is you have to go all around the board, uh make an entire circle. But when you land on the finish line, you have to land by exact count. Mm. Um, and if you uh, you're, you're sort of essentially spending carrots or spending money to move. And if you overspend, you might land on the space that sets you back um, or you might run out of money or run out of carrots. So then you're stuck and you have to wait a little bit while people are passing you to kind of catch back up and then get ahead again. Um, So it's a neat racing game with kind of, uh, I mean, it has a little risk in it, too, and and some kind of wild spaces and things like the old school games do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still a pretty cool game. And, um, you know, if you want to try a recent uh, version of it, it's called Around the World in 80 Days. Very cool. All right. So my number five pick
0: is another abstract strategy game. Uh, this came out in 2200 BCE. <laughs> wow! This is also a game that is played on the intersection of lines on a large grid, and it uses um, black and white beads, which is a game mm-hmm. called Go. It's this is a very very old uh, uh, strategy game, but is still widely played today and highly regarded as one of the best. Um, pure strategy games out there and it's also even more complicated uh, than say chess because there's so many different possibilities on how you can slowly uh take over your opponent's uh area and pieces it's one of the games and and that's why uh, when you're talking about you know teaching a computer or an ai to be able to play go against a human that had to come after chess because in in respect you know in respect they're very different in how they play of course but go just has so many more thousands and thousands yeah, of, permutations com- of yeah. computations to figure out an actual winning strategy i mean you can just say place place a uh, bead mm-hmm. but this game is uh, uh, it still has clubs uh, of players all over the world uh, They regularly meet up there's still tons of strategy being talked about and written about uh, there's a ton of followers this game is still being printed and mm. and sold and played everywhere uh, so that kind of um, staying lasting power and the fact that it does have so much uh, complications to it, even though the rule set is so simple, mm. I mean, you just place a bead, and you know, based on how it's, uh, or how you start in, uh, circling around other uh, opponents' colors. You know you can capture that area so right. but yet the depth that is involved there is just what's really impressive and i think that's why it stayed as long as it has and it's still
1: popular and this is this is that game that everybody says originated that phrase like a minute to learn like a lifetime to master right this is the one <clears throat> this yeah. is the one that if you want to say you know easy to learn hard to master go yeah um this game um although i've never played it the reason it landed on my radar was, um, basically what you said. Cause I remembered, um, when they built big blue that took on the chess master, right. um, they, it was years later, as you mentioned, that they developed this AI software called yeah. AlphaGo. Right. And, and that's very recent. Very recently. And so we had to inv- advance yeah. artificial intelligence technologies yes. just to be able
0: to compete. Our computing power size yeah. was not great enough to, to yeah. teach a computer Go
1: until recent years. Yeah, it's really pretty, pretty impressive. Right, Good pick. Thank you. Number four. All right, my number four is a game that came out in 1810 that everybody's going to recognize when I say it, and that's poker. Nice. Um, my favorite variation is certainly Texas Hold'em. The best. Um, yep, which uh, obviously gained popularity um, in the really late 2000s due to all the televised, you know, World Series of Poker and everything else that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, still a great game, even even if it's um, you're not gambling, it's still a game that has a lot of great tension. Um, a kind of game that's played above the table where you're really trying to read the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, There's strategy involved, um, and a little bit of luck as well, which makes it exciting, so just enough luck. Uh, And um, one of the uh, things that I always uh, admired about poker, unlike other sort of risk-based gambling games, um, is I I think it was Nevada that that ruled this a while back, is when they were outlawing a lot of the gambling um, games... They actually said that they could keep poker because it was more of like a strategy game. So mm. you could actually manipulate the results through good gameplay. That's pretty cool. Um, so still a fun game. Still one of my one of my favorites, uh, poker.
0: Nice. Totally agree. Poker is amazing. Uh, and I played a lot of Texas Hold'em in college. Um, won a lot of money. Lost some money. <laughs> but it's never too much. Uh, you know, at one point, I you know, I'm not a big gambler, but I loved i love playing it's a great way to get some friends together and you know
1: yeah we used to do i used to do like weekly game nights and stuff uh going poker games so yeah yeah it's still happening
0: uh so for me my number four let me check is a little game that does have some uh risk to it came out in 1959 risk <laughs> I knew that where that was going. That's the, I, that's the that's best I can forecasting. Come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't catch that, it's risk. <laughs> um, risk. If you've played it, which you probably have, because there's been probably hundreds of variations of it, including uh, the world's first legacy game, Risk mm-hmm. Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, risk is a, a, a dice throwing game where you are trying to control the world, uh, slowly taking over country by country, uh, and, and of course, it's a Uh, Not exactly every country it's uh, they divide it up into various uh, provinces and stuff sometimes because that if you tried to put all the little ones on the map That'd be crazy Um, But you can slowly build up your armies and you know bulldoze across or kind of build up your defenses Um, But you know the the defense always has the advantage with ties But they have less dice and of course the attacking player can roll up to three at a time depending on their army size and the one of the great things about the game is that you can attack or not or mm-hmm. keep attacking or not it's totally up to you and i think that amount of freedom at that point when this game came down mm. was sort of unheard of the, the ability to say like i don't you know i like I'd, I'd like to continue my turn or i'd like to stop and it's totally up to me uh, but there are that there is that incentive where if you do attack and win a country on your turn, you get to draw a card which can boost your armies later in the game. Mm. Um, so I feel like it's that perfect balance of uh, you know trying to get uh, you know like some advancement uh, with control of your turn. But there's so much luck involved, and ultimately, I think that's why um, some players may not like it today because it is so luck based. Yeah. Yep. But there's still a lot of strategy that you can do. Um, so if you haven't played Risk, you should you should do- totally try. I don't know where you've been if you haven't played Risk. Uh, it's impacted so many other games. A- other area control games have a lot to owe Risk, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, that's what. That's yeah. my number.
1: Uh, so my I, I'm number glad four. it ended up on one of our lists. It, yeah, it, it, it's not on my list. Okay. But that's because I don't really remember playing it as a kid. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm sure I did, but I don't really remember it. But I've played a lot of like the risk like derivative games. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, have you ever played uh, Spheres of Influence? Um, that's one that I've heard is is as close to risk as you can get, but adds a little b- more gamery elements and control. Um, yeah. And I love that game. So, um, so yeah, I think this is a good pick.
0: Thank you. Moving on to our top three games, we'll go ahead with our number three picks. Number three. So for me, my number three pick has to be a game that has stood the test of time, first of all. Has to be great. Has to be influential. What could it be? I'll tell you. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and now you may not have remembered that this is yes. a tabletop game but it's, yes. it's now a board game and it's it's influenced mm. everything in our culture i mean games video games board games it's so pervasive uh and and of course you know books and movies things like lord of the rings and all this stuff it's all tied in with this uh this theme of you know role-playing building a character up you've got stat points you've got dungeons you've got monsters and and all this kind of stuff mm. it's 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 fantastic on the amount that it gave you know players uh, in terms of choice, in terms of um, you know building your own unique uh, character, and then the dungeon master can create their own um, storyline for their their players to follow and play through and if you if you've known anything about dungeons and dragons you know that people really still they still play it they still meet and it's still huge i mean Mm. you've got releases every year of Mm. of uh of different campaigns and expansions and now you can add all kinds of uh miniatures and things so it's less larping uh, and more you know like a a tabletop game yeah um so the lasting influence of dungeons and dragons uh can't be understated um and as a tabletop Type of adventure, type of game, and if we're in- including poker in this thing, which we are, uh, Dungeons and Dragons has to be, t- to me, in my, in my opinion, in the top three. So my number three, Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Can can I change my three? <laughs> <laughs> um, that no, y- y- yeah, uh, that's uh, that's a great pick, and um, and we've seen a resurgence of this too with like. Um, Stranger Things, you know Mm -hmm. the series. Like, uh, it's it's gotten another boost through because of that show. Right. Um, And uh, you know some of the most popular YouTube channels, podcasts are all dedicated to D and D. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, glad you have on your list. (laughs) Someone had to. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Um, Well, my number three. (laughs) I don't think I can compete with D and D. I think Um, I got him. Yeah, I think you got me. (laughs) My my number three is actually a a little bit of a cheat, and I'll explain why. Um, This game did come out in 1979, and it's called Stop Thief. And uh, yes. um, it came out in 79, and it had this sort of electronic, almost like electronic phone, like those mm-hmm. really huge old-school phones. Mm-hmm. Like a car phone. Like a point. car phone. Yeah. Um, and, look look um, it up, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what you do is you'd, you'd essentially be um, trying to stop this sort of invisible thief that was on a certain space of a board. So if you played like Scotland Yard... And you have a board that has different numbered spaces. Um, that's kind of like what the board looks like. And um, the, you know a thief would be trying to steal something and you'd be trying to ca- catch them or apprehend them. But the way that you did that is you'd hear these sort of um, audible cl- uh, cues... Uh, from this handheld device that would sound like footsteps or like a broken glass. And that would help help you narrow down whether the the thief was running or going through a door Mm -hmm. or breaking a window. And so you could start to kind of narrow down their position on the board. The reason I say it's a cheat is there's a brand new version of this that came out in 2017 and i played um, that one that restoration games count came yeah. out with and it uses an app and it's just it's an amazing. amazing game
0: amazing um
1: they have cooperative modes they have you know one versus many modes um and the app obviously gives you a lot more immersion um a lot better you know more modern gameplay and things like that so a uh, great family game really easy to play especially yeah. with the app driving a lot of those uh, decisions and movements um so yeah stop thief is my number three
0: good pick number two so for me my number two pick we've actually already covered already from 1810 a little game called poker yeah <laughs> uh, of course i mean like i said when i played it in college that was most of my nights was playing uh texas hold'em late into the evening uh and then after poker was you know magic the gathering or um uh Catan. so mm-hmm. but yeah Poker has got to be in the top ten for games that have you know that are older than 1980. Um, it's just so influential, of course, of course. And it's uh, card games started in China, of course. The uh, the actual uh, cards themselves, yeah. Too, yeah. Um, but the uh, I'm not sure if they invented like the poker game per se or just the cards. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. really sure who to attribute the creation of like the hands that you know make up mm-hmm. a poker game. But uh, certainly, I think Texas Hold'em for me is is the biggest um, version or the best. Um, but, uh, but poker itself has had such an influence on culture and influence on, mm-hmm. um, on gaming and gambling and betting, uh, it's the same thing, but, uh, bluffing. That's what I was yeah. trying to think of. Um, that it's, it's, I mean, you, you can't deny Yeah. it's gotta be on the top 10 for yeah. games that are that, that old.
1: And our first cro- and only crossover so far,
0: right? First and only crossover, yeah. which Surprisingly. I, I'm very surprised. I thought this yeah. list was going to have a ton of the same games, mm. but so far, that's the only one. Yeah, yeah, so we're doing all right. Yeah, so let's hear about your number all right. two. So,
1: so my number two is a two-player game uh, that was introduced in the um, Thames and Cosmos series of games a while back in 1973, and that's a game called Tally Ho. Tally Ho. Tally Ho. And um, it's still a good game, and it's still being sold by very Cosmos. Cool. Um, and um, what it is, is you have a a grid and you're playing either sort of the hunter or you're playing like uh, the animals, mm. essentially. And so um, it, similar to chess in some ways, um, you know, your hunters have rifles and so they can only... Like uh, you know, shoot in the direction their rifle's pointing. For example, um, you have foxes that can you know move a certain distance. You have bears that can attack the hunter, and you have like a wood woodcutter that can cut mm. down trees that get in the way. Very and cool. what you're doing is you're really capturing your other uh, players' pieces um, through elimination. So like for example, the fox can eat the quails and you know get points for all the quails that they have at the end of the game. So it's a, it's a neat game where. Um, you, you know, you have to, when you plan your move, you don't want to kind of keep yourself exposed to the other player and you want to use like trees as cover and things like that. Yeah. And slowly these tiles that are on the board that make up these, you know, the different trees and characters will start getting, um, moved away from, uh, and off the board. And then at a certain point, um, you'll have to actually escape um, uh, off the board, and mm. there's certain there's like exits that you can escape from. It's the original escape plan, in, in a way, yeah. And anything left on the board sort of will count as like like points against you. Essentially, mm. um, you won't be able to score them unless they're actually off the board. Uh, so it's a neat game. Um, mm. still really good, and and it has asymmetrical play, which for a game that's you know 1973 to have yeah. totally asymmetrical gameplay, um, in a small little two player package, um, still to me holds up. So that's. Uh, my number two tally ho
0: and now for our number one picks number one so for uh, number one top 10 games that are over 40 years old i had to go with a game from 1475 based on a grid uh,
1: with checkers
0: uh it's a game called chess
1: Ah, uh, you did go uh, I got chess. you i did <laughs> see i okay you did get me so you like this better than the chinese version i do oh interesting but, well interesting. so it's 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 not
0: a matter of do i like it better it's a matter of which is more influential which has okay. more history um and and world like there's so many cultures that had an influence on making chess sure Chinese chess or Xiangqi—that's more, you know—that's Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. But chess itself has gone through so many variations to get to the point that we know of it mm-hmm. today, and it's still going. And it's not mm-hmm. really changed in rules much. I mean, there's some yeah. added, yeah. you know, special specialty, uh, <clears throat> specialty uh, you know, moves, but y- you know, the pieces are now kind of solidified. Everything's kind of a standard, mm-hmm. and it's still running strong. I mean, if you're a chess player, there are so many. Um, things to learn. There's so many mm. people to study, books to read, there's there's opening moves, end moves, there's, there's all kinds to it. Yeah. Uh, now, again, like we were talking about during our discussion of Go, it doesn't have as many permutations of, of possible moves as, say, Go, but it's more attractive because players get to have uh, what is kind of an army, uh, so it's a little more thematic, even though it's a completely abstract game, and yeah. each of these pieces has their own move set, which in Go they're not really moving, you just place Them and you know, Mm -hmm. it's just area control, but chess has that sort of battle feel to it, Um, and the amount of strategy and thinking that has to go on when you play a game of chess, uh, it's just it's so, hmm. it's so much. And if, uh, recently, there's a there's been a Netflix uh, show that's come out call called that. Uh, Queens Gambit, yep. and I was like, hey, that's an uh, that's a chess opening move. What's this yeah. about? Yeah. And yeah, I watched the whole series like in the past three days, hmm. and it's amazing. And if you oh. have, I think even board gamers who don't play chess would still be interested. I mean, it it's probably the most entertaining uh, piece of fiction oh. I've seen that is revolved around a game um, and chess especially Um, and uh, some people say oh well it's old or it's boring it's like actually there's a lot to it and if Mm. you're into it like you can really go far with this and you know you can there's grandmasters there's championships there's money there's all that stuff that's still tied to it today so uh i had to put it as the number one and like i said it doesn't mean that i would want to play chess over Xiangqi. it just means that for me i felt like and more influential it's more influential more important as far as games that are older than 1980.
1: yeah i think i mean that's that's it's truly a lifestyle game Mm -hmm. really it can be that and i think like you said you can go as deep as you want to sure so yeah. yeah, good choice. I, I, I figured one of us would put that on the list, and uh, and, and it, I'm glad it's you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I love chess. So, so a game that's not as influential as chess, um, but it's my number one, is a game called Pitch that came out in 1600, or uh, the modern name of this game is High Low Jack. Um, and I love trick-taking games. Mm-hmm. I know I know those are your, one of your favorite genres too. Super. <laughs> but um, this is a game where um, it's a partners game uh, played with regular you know playing deck of playing cards. Like teach you Uh Not like Teach you, but with playing cards. You okay. know, similar. Um, it's it's very much more of a trick-taking game where everybody's playing a card, and you have to have the highest card of that suit to kind of win that trick. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like about it is. Um, it, you you have uh, different ways of scoring. One is uh, that when you, you start the game, you bid on how many points you think you'll take, which are basically how many suits that you think you'll win mm-hmm. in that hand. Um, and then the other team has an opportunity to go higher than you. Um, and so if you win uh, that many tricks or more, you go up in value. But if you bid and you go less you lose that many points yeah so there's this real big swinginess kind of to the game and um really the way to win is you can capture like the high card in the trump suit the jack in the trump suit um the low card in the trump suit and then overall just points each each card's worth a certain point value and that's how you can win each of those different types of points you know among four points so um really fun interactive uh partners game that um on the surface uh, seems very, pretty simple to play once you get the rules down, but can really lead to a lot of complexity, especially when you're trying to figure out what your your teammate's going to play and trying to play into their moves and their hand and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, so that's my number one pitch uh, or high low jack as it's called today. I feel like I have played uh, high low jack, but it's mm-hmm. been so long. I do not yeah. you know. But yeah, that, really good, really good trick taking. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Until I looked it up, and I thought it was more of a
0: modern thing. Right. Well, thanks for tuning in for this top 10 of top 10 games over 40 years old. Of course, we'll be doing the other decades in uh, the near future, so stay subscribed to the channel to check that out. And if you don't know, we're also streaming this podcast to other sites like- uh, or not sites, but uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, Anchor FM and a number of others. I'll include those in the description below in the video. And if you're listening to the podcast, then thanks for listening. Uh, but we are associated with the YouTube channel, which you should totally check out whenever you get to your destination or get to a computer uh, or phone or what have you. Uh, please check out Meeple Mentor, which we do a lot of tutorial videos on medium to heavyweight complexity games, as well as some other great content like lore videos, podcasting, and all that stuff uh, so again thanks you thank you guys so much for listening and uh checking us out uh leave a comment below on some of your top tens and what you thought about our picks and uh how cool was it that only one crossover <laughs> only one. you know in all of uh, these 20 games uh or 19 games uh that we talked about so yeah big uh, surprise yeah big surprise
1: yep yeah, thanks for tuning in again and uh we'll uh, definitely catch you next time i've been jared i've been jay see you next time bye